Genre. Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze a monologue about Spider-Man 2, <laughs> one tea time confessional minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. And I'm Alan Strickland. Welcome back, Alan. It's, it's good to be back. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a long stay I'm having here, but it's been an eventful <laughs> one, and I That's feel good. like I've grown a lot as a person. We're all growing as people on uh, on this week because it's think so. a lot of talking. Yeah, <laughs> today we're we are talking about uh, minute seventy three, which starts with Peter saying it all happened so fast, and ends with Peter saying that Uncle Ben was killed for being the only one doing the right thing that day. Whew. Okay. Uh, so it's story time, right? Mm-hmm. It's we... a monologue. I mean, with this minute and with the tail end of yesterday's minute, um, there's a solid like 60 seconds straight that is nothing but watching Toby's face as he talks. Um, (laughs) Yep. It's a bold choice. Uh, I I mean, I I get like, I mean, we can goof about it, but I, I think they chose not to cut away from him because this sort of like delivery of the story, like, you know, storytelling in the most literal sense was stronger than a, you know, a flashback or a back and forth or something would be. Um, I don't know if that's true, but it seems like they really believed it. It's very in the tradition of older comics in which an ep- an issue might begin with a character using dialogue to basically uh, pre- give exposition to all of the events that happened in the previous issues Mm -hmm. sure yeah or even like i'm thinking of because on the on the weekend show we're going through superior spider-man right now and um on the covers for that like over by the um where they have the credits and whatnot there are these little like catch-up blurbs that like explain the last issue to you i always thought that was kind of handy like oh what if you need to know i'm out of order it'll just be like this just happened here's another thing that just happened and go so I do, I have, I have one sort of main thing I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, one tangentially thing I wanted to talk about. And then, uh, and then obviously our, our, our question to Alan, and that'll probably be the whole episode I imagine. Um, cause yeah, <laughs> yeah we I... were all there when this happened. We remember it. Thanks, Toby. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, my notes, I've got two bulletin, two bullet points. Yeah. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. So, so the main thing I want to talk about is what is the purpose of this in this movie. And, Mm. and I think that, you know, we've talked a lot about the reasons that he's quit being Spider-Man. Yeah. And we, you know, when he, when he quit earlier, he had that conversation with, with spirit Ben in the, in the spirit car, um, (laughs) (laughs) in the spirit world. 
uh, about about quitting and him being disappointed in him. Uh, and I just when I when I think about this, I I think if I'm not mistaken, like I mean, you know, we'd have to we'd have to really like talk to Ramy and and uh, Sergeant about this because it's not it's not incredibly clear, but. The best that I can come up with is that this movie is about the burden of just just like the bur- like the burden of being like one the burden of being a hero but then also the burden of guilt and yeah. I think that what the point of this monologue is is that he has felt this guilt for blaming himself for the death of his uncle for so long mm-hmm. um for 2 years and it's driving him to be Spider-Man, this responsibility. It's, it's a responsibility to his uncle, not a responsibility to the world. It's a responsibility Mm -hmm. to his uncle. And it comes from this guilt. And he is in this moment, unburdening himself of that guilt, the way that you would unburden yourself of your sins in like a confessional um, Mm -hmm. for the, for the Catholics out there. Um, (laughs) And I uh, and and I think he's he's unburdening himself with this from this guilt, and I think at, at the beginning it's really he's just trying to unburden her from her guilt. But then mm-hmm. he's like, but that uh, this actually feels good, and it's he keeps going and he he yes. goes ahead and he unburdens himself and he's like, actually, I could have stopped it literally, and I didn't. Um, and I think he's unburdening himself from that guilt because he needs to in order to move forward as a superhero because he was doing it for the wrong reasons before. He was doing it because he felt guilty for what happened to his uncle. He's not doing it because he wants to be the city's hero or that he wants to save people or anything like that. It's He's just doing yeah. it because he feels a responsibility to his uncle. And by unburdening himself from this guilt, it means that he can have other reasons to be a hero now. Yeah, and, even if he doesn't get that yet, because he's still in quitting phase. Right, right now. correct, yeah. correct. However, yeah. and then that brings us back to the unburdening of the of the or the the burden of being a hero, right? Mm-hmm. So what's happening here is he has those two burdens, and he's unburdening himself of one, but he's not really unburdening himself. He's just sharing the burden with Aunt May. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the hero thing is the same problem. Like he. Didn't like we talked about how he was in that elevator with the guy, and he's like, he's like, oh God, you're asking me questions about being Spider-Man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you things that even if they're not appropriate, at least I can talk about this with someone. <laughs> yeah, the costume rides up in the crotch a little bit. Like, I can't ever talk, I can't ever tell people about that. But yeah. I'm gonna tell you because like I'm stuck in the elevator with you, and I'm Spider-Man right now, and I can share something with you. I can unburden myself from the fact that my costume rides up in the crotch a little bit. Because <laughs> I don't ever get to share that with anybody. Um yeah. and this movie is gonna culminate with him getting to share the burden of being a hero with Mary Jane. Right. And so I think. This is sort of the purpose of this scene, whether it's executed perfectly or not is, is up Mm -hmm. for debate. But I think that the purpose of the scene is a foreshadowing of what will be the ultimate purpose of the movie, which Mm -hmm. is sharing your burden with others. Yeah. Even, even the bit when he saves the train and the the people are taking him inside, he's sharing Ah. the burden with other people. He's not, he's taking on what he has to himself 
but he doesn't uh, have to. He doesn't have to he do doesn't it have alone. To do it alone. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That is a that is a a very well developed through line to uh, justify this awkwardness. I appreciate it because, I mean, t- taking notes and getting ready for this this week, it was mostly it mostly just felt like tra- like this is wallowing some tragedy for a bit. But if it is the growing pains of learning to be a full type of person in that way. Um, that, that works a lot better for me. Um, for, for the most part, like for this minute, I, I mostly could just like look at it from like a performance standpoint because I couldn't get my handle on the thematic purpose the way that you had. So that's, that's wonderful. Thank you. Now, <laughs> I, maybe I won't like fast forward through this the next time I watch it. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's already admitted to fast-forwarding through it, so maybe that perspective doesn't help at all. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well, I, you know, that was before doing the show. Um, and now, right, right. you know, I'm having to watch this and take notes and stuff. Yeah, I appreciate the scene a little bit more. Totally, yeah. Uh, um, well, no, I think the scene s- serves its dramatic purpose. I just can't help but in the moment think, wow, Peter, you're kind of being the worst right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Capital T, capital W, the worst. Like, think about this. So his aunt says something that makes him feel guilty about how she feels guilty. And his response is, oh, you shouldn't feel guilty for your husband being dead. That's totally my fault. All better? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there, there is like something like quasi selfless in that initial impulse, but the... Like like Scott's pointed out, to keep sprinting out to the point where you point out all of the ways that you physically could have prevented it, that's when it's like, then you're just being cruel, man. Like, <laughs> it's like, the, what is your version of morality where telling something that just, like, makes her feel awful is the, the best course of action? Um, mm-hmm. Like, you can alleviate her pain by saying it's not her fault, but by also saying... <laughs> it's definitely my fault it's definitely my fault that's not this is martyrdom like come on buddy that's not helping so I mean, that's kind of the one of the things about the raimi movies for me as movies yeah. i love them as uh-huh. adaptations i'm a little weird on them at times mm-hmm. uh, at times sure yeah be- because i think the raimi movies aim so much for dramatic portent and you know mm-hmm this is drama, this is powerful. Sure. That yeah, yeah. It, it sometimes shoots past who the character is. I, I see what you're saying. I mean, but it's, it's again that, like, struggle in adaptation where, like, the version, the characters in this movie are not really the characters from the comics. They're a version of them that works for this movie. Like, the Doc mm-hmm, Ock in mm-hmm. this is a Doc Ock that works for this type of movie, but, you know, it's not like he has a a wife that he loves and cares for in the comics, you know? Yeah. And... Like, uh, Mary Jane Watson in these movies is, be- is actually Gwen Stacy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, well, she's a bit of an amalgamation, but like for these films, she's a great foil to Peter. He just doesn't really work that. So like, yeah, I was, I was genuinely surprised uh, earlier this week when you guys pointed out that this type of conversation hasn't happened in the comics before, because, this is a thing that this Peter does for whatever his reasons are. Um, I, I think I couldn't have elucidated them as well as Scott did or, or even thought about what they were until sitting down for this podcast. Um, but he 
it works for this version of the character or what they're trying to do with him. So I kind of just assumed, oh, that's a Peter Parker thing that eventually he had to tell her. Um, but I, he doesn't if he's a different character for a different purpose. But this is, again, in these films, this is a little pocket universe that's not looking towards the idea of like interconnectivity with a bunch of other stuff. This is the type of movie making that's still kind of in the line of, well, we're making a Batman movie, we should kill the Joker. You know, like it's... <laughs> Like, we haven't quite grown out of that by the time we're in 2004. Mm-hmm. We're still, to a degree, oh, well, let's make a movie that uses these characters, but let's, if we have to defer for the sake of movie storytelling, let's do that. Right. And not whatever it is. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Or, or not necessarily, it's not like we're deferring that now, um, although some people would still ar- would argue that we are. I don't, uh-huh. I don't think we are. I think we're just telling stories differently now. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a better way. There, there's still there's still movies just because we didn't just because we don't kill <laughs> Vulture at the end of Spider-Man: Homecoming doesn't no, mean yeah. that it's a worse movie. Um, it's <laughs> no, like there's no not. ending. The villain's still alive. Like, where are <laughs> the stakes? Yeah, yeah I know. Right. I know. Yeah, just like that idea that uh, this is a movie, so it has to go this way. It, it, you can do more with it, but we didn't at this point. Right. Um, this right. is the. This is the growing pains, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's that logic. Why would we keep the villain alive? We're not going to use him again. Right. <laughs> we need to sell toys. We're not going to bring the villain back. That No one wants two Dr. Octopus figures. <laughs> they did not understand Child Alan at all. No. Yeah. So, Alan, uh, do, you, do you remember seeing these movies for the first time and what you thought of it? Vaguely. I'm a... a I am, I believe, the youngest person uh, speaking on this podcast today by at least a few years. Uh, the first one came out in what, 02, 04? Which one was it? 02. 02. So I was 11 when the first one came out. Oh. So Actually, I was 10 because I don't think it came out in December. So I was 10 years old. So memory is sketchy. I do know that my introduction to all three was in theaters. It was one of my first PC-13 movies, I believe, because my parents were like weirdly strict about that kind of stuff. Uh, in some ways, but no, uh, I saw it in theaters, and I—I I mean, I remember loving them all when I originally saw them, except uh, my immediate insistence that Topher Grace was the worst possible choice for Eddie Brock. But that's another issue entirely. Um, I mean, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> that's 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 uh, that's next season Scott and Zach's problem. Yeah, um, yeah, we don't have to deal with that now. <laughs> uh, I had very strong opinions about that. Uh, but, no, I remember enjoying them a lot. I think that uh, one didn't hold up as well as two did uh, for a lot of mm. reasons. Uh, mm. I think the the physics of the first one <laughs> are kind of janky now that we Yeah, we back. talked about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but there's a, there's a certain uh, charm to it, even though the, the CGI doesn't, didn't age as well as this one. <laughs> but, no, I, I mean, I loved them. I, I was all in. These were, I think, my first superhero movies. Because yeah. I know I didn't see X-Men in theaters because, like, the X-Men trailers looked just, like, because of Mystique, looked just weirdly sexual enough that my parents were not going to let me watch that. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, yeah, they were, through... they, were, they were heavily promoted almost like a James Bond movie. I remember that. Like, um, the Mystique uh, thing was, yeah. like, really hammered home. It's like, they can't, like... Yeah. <laughs> 
they implied that there was going to be like a sex in the movie from the trailers or something. And there yeah, wasn't. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they treated Mystique like a Bond girl in the trailers. I remember that. Yeah. Weird. Oh, man. And I, I just have the distinct memory from that trailer. My parents aren't going to let me go see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, so I... Uh, I saw them in theaters. I, I loved them. You know, Spider-Man, it was cool. You know, superheroes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even if I didn't start really reading comic books in earnest until college, I was still super into, like, the whole concept. And, you know, nerdy dude gets superpowers, suddenly it's kind of cool. You know, was yeah yeah appealing for a lot of reasons. Uh, <laughs> and two... I, I remember loving. Uh, two is, you know, different. I think even more so than the first one, two kind of departs from the comics in some ways. Mm-hmm. But it does it in meaningful ways that I think work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love the movies. I really do. Uh, I will go on record saying that I think that... I think Spider-Man 2, if I'm comparing my Spider-Man movies, I think Spider-Man 2 is the best movie. Mm-hmm. I will say that I think Spider-Man Homecoming is the best Spider-Man movie. Hmm. Like it feels more like Spider Man. Yeah. Yes. Now I see I what do, you're saying. Yeah. I do have my quibbles in that I think that because this is the third reboot, and certain stuff was never gotten right in the first two, but you know it was used up. There's some stuff <laughs> we're never going to get to see done right. Mm. <laughs> and like that makes me fundamentally sad. Like the the big thing is the uh, the specific Gwen Stacy. Mary Jane dynamic is a thing yeah. that I love from the comics. Uh, yeah, I, I have hope that we'll, we'll get there when he gets to college. I have hope that they're saving a lot of that stuff for when he gets to college. They're going to go through all the new stuff through the high school years, and when he gets to college, that's when they'll they'll bring back like a lot of the stuff like that's when we'll get Harry back that's when we'll get you know Mary Jane and and Gwen Stacy I mean we have a MJ ish but we'll yeah. get a Gwen Stacy and we'll get that dynamic and we'll get you know uh J Jonah Jameson and we'll get Green Goblin and Dr Octopus and all like the heavy hitters again cuz they'll yeah. be comfortable enough revisiting that stuff at that point I think I hope so yeah <laughs> Spider-Man Blue is my fa- one of my favorite comics. It might be my favorite comic of all time. But I just love that idea that Peter Parker goes from, you know, never being able to get a, a girl to speak to him to where he gets this confidence and suddenly he's dealing with the fact that he stumbled into a love triangle and he doesn't know how to handle that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I really like that dynamic too and I hope that they uh, find a way to visit it when he gets to when he gets to college. I... You know, I mean, those characters weren't even introduced until he was in college, technically. So um, I'm fine yeah. with them doing like new weird stuff with him in high school. That's I'm totally. fine with that. Yeah. So. Um, all right. I think that's all we got uh, yeah. for this minute. Um, Alan, why don't you remind people where they can find you on the Internet? Well, uh, if you are looking for me on the internet, there are a few places where you can find me. Uh, first and foremost, you can find me on my Twitter account, a Strickland 5 I tweet intermittently, and uh, half the time, if you go to my uh, tweets and replies, it's just me arguing with people about, you know, 
their wrong takes on stuff like Star Wars The Last Jedi, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Uh, Ludenbus.net, uh, I'm an editor on the site and a contributor as well. Uh, we just recently wrapped up a series that I think your listeners will love called There Was an Idea, which was our deep dive into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all of its wonderful, wonderful movies. Uh, nice. Where you can find stuff like pieces on Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, my piece on the use of uh, Christian symbolism in Doctor Strange, which, uh, time to uh, toot my own horn here, got retweeted by the director and the writer of the movie. I saw that. <laughs> I read that article because I saw, I saw that retweet, yeah. Nice. <laughs> that was a weird day. <laughs> <laughs> good day, good day. <laughs> uh and there's a whole lot of other stuff if you've ever wanted just a series of pictures of the Marvel beefcakes as one dude uh, grapples with the fact that he might kind of be attracted to them. We got that too. Uh, <laughs> uh, we also have our podcast. Uh, the main title, if you're searching for it on SoundCloud, is The Bus Stops Here, but we have a bunch of different podcasts under that umbrella. Uh, Adaptation Station, I'm not involved with that, but it's a lot of fun and Honestly, I'm surprised we haven't done superhero movies on that, so uh, stay tuned. We may try to push for that eventually. Uh, awesome. The big one I'm involved in is titled simply My Favorite Movie, and it's just a simple podcast where we bring in guest hosts to talk about their favorite movies, and we actually, on our second ever episode, uh, had uh, your own uh, Zach Luna over here yep. join us mm -hmm. for a fascinating discussion of uh, the Princess Bride, expensive cosplay, and uh, the intricacies <laughs> of sword design. So yeah, uh, it was a good. He time. was very on brand in that episode. I Thank I you. can't yeah. stress how on brand Zach was in this episode. He's always on brand. <laughs> <laughs> like it's the most Zach thing we've ever published. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. Well, we will be back tomorrow with minute 74 um and we'll uh we'll talk to you then bye everybody bye, bye.